social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome back to All the Social Ladies. I'm Jen. And I'm Michelle. And it is really hot outside. <laughs> so we went to the beach this weekend. We did go to the beach this weekend and we saw a sight. This is something that I have never seen before. It was an eight plane flyover of billboards for Peacock. The NBC streaming service. It was wild. The planes just kept coming. They were also very low. Peacock hadn't even been mentioned on any of the material until the very end. Yeah, there were some feathers here and there. But it was really fascinating. And we were joking, like, who gets to put that on their portfolio? Like, I was, oh. Yeah, and I was like, how many, how many impressions is that? Yeah. How many people were at the beach that day? So completely separate from this, they hid in the terms and conditions of Peacock a cake recipe. And people are baking it. Have it up now. I'm trying to see why. They say, <laughs> at Peacock, we don't make promises we can't keep, so please see below for this very delicious Peacock approved, just like grandma used to make chocolate cake recipe. <laughs> and then there's a recipe and it says, enjoy. Feel free to share this recipe by tagging at Peacock TV, of course. And now back to your regularly scheduled legal document. And people are actually making it and it posting like it on commercial. social. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. I think... I don't know why I keep calling everything wild. I guess that's my word today. <laughs> well, someone, let's see. I baked the Peacock TV terms and terms of service cake. I have a lot of free time. I love the challenge of following a janky retro recipe with odd measurements. It's cute. It's cute. I think it's fun. I love stuff like that. I know. I mean, can you imagine digging for it? Yeah, she read it. I don't read them ever. <laughs> I feel like we shouldn't really admit that. <laughs> you had to have known this was coming. Guess who also went to the beach this weekend? <laughs> Marky Z. On that surfboard. Full of sunscreen. Full of sunscreen, which I'm not going to knock. Like, so I saw a meme of Mark Zuckerberg. It was his face with the covered in the white sunscreen, but it was placed on that photo of the Joker hanging out of the oh. car. <laughs> it was amazing. A lot of memes this week. We have also seen the Instagram name memes absolutely everywhere overload so i hope you know what i'm talking about it's like what guy fieri are you what chipotle order are you what drunk barbie are you what 90s school supply product are you (laughs) and it's not even brands i mean aside from the chipotle one that are running these it's super random and my dms have been blowing up with friends just sending me whenever they see a missy or michelle they send it to me and i'm like thank you (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much for thinking of me it's like so nonsensical it's blowing up. It's perfect entertainment. What do you think was a better meme this week? Mark Mark Zuckerberg or... The name memes? The, who are you? What are you? I have to go with the who are you. I was lost in some of these channels. I saw one that was... Well, I'm actually still waiting for the gen version of what Tony Soprano are you. Oh, interesting. What are your thoughts? You like Marky Z. I was going to say I like making fun of people, but that just... I don't want to admit <laughs> that either. Like the terms and conditions. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> okay, so moving from Mark Zuckerberg to Jack Dorsey, <laughs> there was a... <laughs> why are you laughing? That's just like you pulled that out of thin air. I love it. There was a Twitter hack last week. There was. And it was actually only for verified accounts. Yeah, which is so funny. But it's not just the verified accounts. It's like the most prominent users on twitter so Solic- elon musk yeah, yeah. and the, the real premise of it was soliciting donations of bitcoin yes yeah so obama was tweeting out bill gates was tweeting <laughs> out so bill gates 
tweeted, everyone is asking me to give back, and now is the time. <laughs> I am doubling all payments sent to my BTC address for the next 30 minutes. You send $1,000. I send you back $2,000. Same with Musk. It said, I'm feeling generous because of COVID-19. Kanye tweeted, too. Which, I mean, as we know by now, he's been tweeting up a storm again. Yeah, and say, did someone hack his Twitter? (laughs) Or was that him? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Moving on. So, speaking of COVID and these solicited donations, I was reading a article from Marketing Dive, which is the key marketing stats that define the first half of 2020. And it has a ton of useful information about ad dollar shuffles, Mm. so you know, where people move their advertising dollars or where they cut their advertising dollars. Yeah. Also about perception of, um, you know, viewers wanting more mission-based campaigns. Yep. But one thing that made me pause, I saw a stat that was $435 million total in-game ad spend for Super Bowl 54. And then I scrolled to the top and I was like, oh, is this from 2019? Because I totally <laughs> forgot the Super Bowl even happened this year. Yeah. That feels forever ago ago. (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is kind of strange to think about that actually so much has happened so much has happened so i think while we're on the topic of the super bowl we should intro our guest yes we are talking to stephanie miller who is the director of social and emerging media at verizon yeah verizon has a ton of huge partnerships as you probably know one of them being the super bowl one of them is the nfl yes She talks to us a lot about how to effectively balance sponsorships with social media, Mm -hmm. especially at a huge brand like Verizon, getting all these decisions made at the top of like the campaign level and trickling down to social, but still making it feel like it's true to the platform. Definitely. Uh, We talk at length about this initiative that they started during COVID called Pay It Forward Live. Yes, Pay It Forward Live is a live streaming concert with some of the biggest names in the entertainment industry. Um, And as they were performing, you could donate money to small businesses. Yeah, super awesome initiative that Stephanie talks to us at length about. And I'm excited for you all to hear it. Okay, here she is. Hi, Stephanie. Hello. Hello, welcome to the All the Social Ladies podcast. We're so happy to have you. Amazing, thank you. <laughs> we'll start our episode with our social media speed round. So are you ready? I'm nervous. All right, go. <laughs> okay. Favorite social network? Instagram. What is your go-to emoji? The peace sign. Hmm. Oh, that's a good one. No one has said that yet. <laughs> Twitter or TikTok? Ooh, Twitter. Twitter right now. Stories or feed? Stories. Real all day. (laughs) (laughs) What Instagram ad can you not get rid of? Jenny Kane. Awesome Jenny Kane. Yeah. What is your favorite meme? You know, there's a lot of pet ones going around lately. I have a dog, a sweet lemonade. And so I feel like I've been seeing friends have been sending me a lot of fun pet memes. So that would be my category. (laughs) Can't go wrong with a pet meme. If you had a MySpace right now, what would be the song that plays when we visit your profile? Ooh, probably something by Britney. <laughs> Love it. I've been, I've been in a pretty nostalgic Britney Spears kick lately. She's just getting me through all things. So <laughs> something fun in Britney. Michelle did a at-home workout yesterday <laughs> with all um, 90s and 2000s throwbacks, and there was so much Britney. There was. It was hysterical. So I'm glad you brought that up again. <laughs> Big time. Yes. 
Um, Stephanie, we know you've held roles at companies that people dream of working at, GoPro, Kiehl's, um, and now you're at Verizon. So tell us a little bit about your career journey and some things that you've learned along the way. It has been, it has been a fun, a fun and challenging career trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got my start. I'm from Chicago originally. Okay. And I, I've always loved to, to write and communicate. And I got my start actually working for an agency in, in the city, in Chicago, Ketchum, and mm-hmm. really used that as a jumping off point to come to New York. But I've always been interested, again, like in the digital space. And yeah. I worked with a lot of CPG clients when I was in the agency world and, you know, was around for the, the start of a lot of the networks from Facebook to Twitter and you know, when the whole like mommy blog thing yep. was just rampant, I worked on uh, Kimberly Clark. So I worked a lot with Cottonelle and Huggies and, um, you know, it was just always really interested in that, you know, quote unquote, emerging media. The coolest and most unique thing has been going from the agency experience. And then I went over to Condé Nast where I was the first social media editor, like the first formal social media editor at Condé. I worked for Self Magazine. Oh, wow. And it was such an interesting time to be within the magazine world. It was like the heyday, you know, it was yeah. everything that you would imagine it to be. And it was amazing and wonderful. And to be able to bring a little bit more of like a marketing perspective to to content and to editorial was um, was really cool. I think it's an interesting perspective you have having worked at an agency a in publishing, yeah. in-house. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about the diff, like either the similarities or the differences, what surprises you about comparing those things? It's been so different. So yes, I mean, brands again, social for an agency and then a magazine like Condé. Um, I was um, an early hire at Run the Runway. So mm-hmm. I was part of one of their early teams that we opened up um, all of the flagship stores. And wow. it's also during the initial launch of Unlimited. And so being part of that brand, um, kind of in their early stage was incredible from just a a startup perspective. And then after Rent Through One Way, um, I went to GoPro and then GoPro was back at Kiehl's. And so I think it's been, it's been a really, really interesting ride. And I think one of the similarities has always been the, the healthy, honestly, I think it's been like the healthy tension between creatives and strategists and trying to find the perfect balance of content on social um, and using content either drive a specific business purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also a little bit of an education um, right. in terms of, you know, whether it's different internal teams, but that's really been um, the, the biggest kind of perspective and lessons that I've been able to take from brand to brand has been the different ways that these businesses approach and use social media for different purposes. Um, you know, GoPro, for example, you know, a truly, truly social first brand right. born, born on social lives and lives and breathes there, you know, millions of communities and their entire, our entire social model at GoPro was fueled by unbelievable user generated content. Right. You, can't, you can't even pay for that. Like the no. type of quality <laughs> content that we would get just, pouring into us was, was a dream, especially coming from, um, you know, other brands where you're constantly trying to generate that or produce right. that content. So, you know, that was a, a really, really great avenue to exploring other directions. And then going over into to the beauty world and in the world of Kiehl's and L'Oreal, you know, also a completely interesting and different way in which, you know, the YouTube generation mm-hmm. and thinking about beauty influencers and the way in which 
all of these beauty brands and skincare, how it kind of manifests itself on, on social as well. Um, lots of, lots of crossover and lots of really great learnings from, um, yeah, from a lot of those brands. It's interesting because I feel like working in an agency, you touch a lot of different brands. And like you're saying, there's usually one avenue that feels right for them. Mm -hmm. It lends themselves to that avenue. So whether it's the UGC or the influencers, but you have kind of gotten that experience along your career too, and being able to take those learnings from each of those and apply it to your next role. It's pretty cool. Not many people can say that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think for a lot of people who are either looking for, you know, new opportunities or thinking about their career, two of the biggest, um, like, I guess two of the biggest gambles and two of the biggest risks that I took in my career ended up being two of the most impactful. And that first kind of gamble was the role that I took leading global social for, for GoPro. I was living in New York. Um, I got the job offer to move to San Francisco, move to Silicon Valley, live in San Mateo and lead this team, which was a dream job for me. Mm -hmm. And I was also about to get married, you know, three months later. It was a risk, but I knew in my in my gut that if I did not take that opportunity, I would always, always regret it. And you know, and, and similar and similar with um with even Verizon, I was I was working at L'Oreal and um, you know, the opportunity to to lead a, a massive social practice for one of the biggest tech brands kind of came up and I was like, you know, is this the right time? I was five months pregnant and ended up um accepting the role. Wow. And started a, you know, a really, really big leadership position, um, being quite pregnant. And <laughs> I think that's also, and I, I share that because I think it's also for any sort, anyone who's kind of considering taking on risks, taking on big roles. Um, it's, it's tricky, but you can, you can do it. I, I know I just met you, but I'm like, I'm so proud. <laughs> that's such a cool <laughs> thing to be able to take that risk. You know, it's, um, but it ended up working out because, um, yeah. one of the, coolest things currently about about Verizon and being part of this tech community is being part of the future and that might sound cheesy and it might sound like a line but it really is the truth and why I gravitated out of L'Oreal out of that beauty beauty and wellness and lifestyle pace back to tech is being part of the the fabric of technology that's mm-hmm. really going to shape uh the world and you know, being able to think through these new and emerging platforms and channels and how are we going to communicate with our audience and how are we going to actually use, you know, Verizon's, our new kind of 5G or ultra wideband technology to create new experiences across sponsorships, platforms, customers, events. I mean, I love that emerging media is even in your title currently. And I love that you kind of led us into discussing emerging media and innovation as a whole, because one of the things that we realize a lot about Verizon is how much of a leader in the space that you all are. Um, What's new? What's exciting? What is being promoted in this like innovation space? Mm -hmm. So at Verizon right now, a our primary focus is on Verizon 5G ultra wideband technology. Mm-hmm. And what that means for the everyday person is essentially faster upload and download speeds. And while you are in, you know, high density or high capacity either events or cities like unparalleled connectivity. Um, Also like the future of 5G, even just from an infrastructure perspective is incredible. If you think about the future of, um, 
you know, self-driving, you know, either self-driving cars or the medical industry and being able to do remote surgeries and Mm -hmm. the low latency that you would be able to have. So 5G from a technology perspective is first and foremost on our business roadmap, but it also is a very important part of our social strategy in for two ways. One is, you know, how are we, you know, effectively, effectively communicating a a technology that might not be easy to understand to a lot of people mm-hmm. and how do we do that, you know effectively on on social and the second piece is thinking about the future of like the, the product roadmap for our social platforms so facebook and snapchat and twitter and tiktok and reddit and all of these social networks and these online forums how can our technology inform their product Roadmap. How can we, we use our 5G technology to bring new experiences to audiences on these platforms? Um, we have a really, really big partnership with Snap, where we are developing and using Snap's technology um, and pairing that with our 5G capabilities to bring new AR experiences and yeah. virtual experiences there. I saw so, the um, example yeah. with the firefighter and how seeing through the smoke awesome. with the AR lens. Yeah, it was awesome. Love that you saw that. So that was part of our our Super Bowl campaign and the technology is called Quake. Yeah, exactly. And that's a real use case example of exactly that. It's like, how do we showcase how that technology is actually going to be benefiting people in a real tangible way? And and using social tools like Snap Lenses is just a very easy easy way to to communicate that. So I think, again, like the 5G piece is, is really cool. And I think you know, especially given the the time that we're in right now, thinking about the future of live events and live uh-huh. experiences, you know, as we look to the fall, you know, Verizon, we have a massive partnership with the right. NFL, massive partnership with Live Nation and all these big, big sponsorship entities. So thinking about how we use our social networks and pair that with 5G to create these new experiences. So depending on what happens this fall with the NFL, what if there's a world where you know, we are able to use 5G to create these virtual at-home game experiences to people if they're not going into stadiums or if mm-hmm. stadiums have capacity. You know, how do we use 5G technology or our social platforms to create a more, um, you know, the next, the, the future of a live event with all of our, our Live Nation partnerships or with all of our epic artists that we work with? So we have a series going on right now called Pay It Forward Live, which is our way to give back and to support local businesses and support them during this time. And so we were streaming these live performances through TikTok, through the artist channels, as well as ours, just to generate, you know, more awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let, yeah, last week we did Chance the Rapper, and this week we'll have Usher, oh, and we'll nice. have a big artist coming up. I think also another really interesting space is the gaming world. and. Yeah. Right- in gaming and how gaming now is not just this nerd culture niche space. I mean, obviously Twitch is massive. I was just going to ask, are you, are you doing anything with Twitch? We are. So we're live streaming all of our weekly pay it forward live performances on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Okay. And also thinking about what our community engagement strategy is on Discord, which is kind of the um, kind of the community management app to um, to Twitch. Yep. And even in, in addition to that, you know, we're working with Xbox and they have um, a forum called Mixer. So as you think about like emerging, emerging, emerging media and emerging channels, the gaming space is really ripe for a lot of new test and learn um, scenarios for us. And also gaming strategically for a brand like Verizon is, is huge for us as you think about how our 5G fast upload and download speeds will enhance uh, mobile gaming. Mm-hmm. 
I want to talk more about Pay It Forward Live. Tell us more about the successes and how you think that'll play out in the future. Pay It Forward Live was quickly born out of the need for small businesses to stay afloat and survive. Mm -hmm. It's an it's an entertainment series, sure, but at the end of the day, the most one of the most important criteria of success for Pay It Forward Live is the you know Verizon's ability to drive additional revenue, whether it's in the form of gift cards or donations or any sort of way to keep local businesses and you know small businesses afloat. And so, what we wanted to do was we quickly, quickly pivoted and said, okay, we have such a vast portfolio of relationships and sponsorships mm -hmm. and partnerships. How do we create some sort of ongoing series that will, number one, tap into the existing talent base that we have access to? How do we, two, leverage our huge community of social audiences and social followings to get this word out? And three, how do we even help support Verizon small businesses? Because if you think yeah. about Verizon, as a massive company, you know, we have three three major groups. We have Verizon Consumer Group, which is all of um, you know, the work that you that you're probably familiar with with wireless and Prios. And then we have Verizon Business Group, which is all of our business clients, mm -hmm. then Verizon Media Group, which is Yahoo and TechCrunch and our entire media platform. So when you think about those kind of three entities, we wanted to create again a program that would benefit and touch on all all three of those um right. key um, key business divisions for us. So the future landscape for Pay It For Lives, this is going to be a evergreen ongoing platform that we that we own for Verizon and that we take on into the rest of the year. So That's great. It is actually really such a positive example yeah. of capitalizing on, you know, your business parameters and what you need to do to continue to provide for for customers. It's like being one step ahead. It's like it's, in the blood yes. of the company. Yep. And I mean, that's what tech is. Like that's what innovation looks like. You mentioned, you know, Verizon is a sponsor of these huge events like the Super Bowl and, you know, partners like the NFL, which obviously extends way beyond social. And there's decisions being made from the top and, you know, the partnership is the meat of it. And then you're kind of executing it through social. So what's it like to kind of push out that social content with knowing all the other steps up the ladder <laughs> that go up to this huge event and making sure it still feels, you know, so like social media. You know, it's the su Super Bowl really is the is one of the, the prime examples of that. It's, it's literally the, the Super Bowl of social. Right. <laughs> a long-standing relationship and a really great relationship with the NFL. But, you know, everything needs, obviously, you know, content approvals. And as long as I think the work is part of either an ongoing campaign or is part of, you know, your ongoing relationship. It's tricky because it is, you know, it's 50% partner relations and 50% content strategy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the face of a lot of these partnerships are, are constantly evolving and especially now they're going to be changing. And what we're doing right now is um, just really thinking through how we can still create a, you know, an activation environment where we're like taking some of the NFL players, for example, that we have partnerships with, and how do we how do we bring those personalities to life on social? Are we right, right. Are we helping um, helping them support some of the small businesses that you know that are important to them? Yeah, I think like really thinking through what's happening in the fall will be um, a really interesting. Yeah, really interesting I, I feel say. like hearing you 
talk about this, I'm thinking about you must be great at seeing all the moving pieces for something because, you know, you think of Super Bowl and it's this huge event and how do we bring it to social? But what you were just saying about like using a player to do this and taking those kind of micro pieces of the event and figuring out what makes sense for social and what Verizon can do that's ownable. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we have, I, it, it's, it's tricky, but you have to maintain a, you know, a pretty, a pretty strict filter, like a, a strict but flexible filter for how and where you are using your own social channels and to communicate what messages, because it, if not everything, you know, social can be a dumping ground for, yeah. that's you know, exactly um, what I was just going like, to say, <laughs> you know, like everything, it just becomes more of a place to announce partnerships and yeah. It's a, it can become a megaphone and not an activator or not a, an engagement channel. So our team's role is really to be the stewards of that mission, the stewards of our social narrative, the stewards of social as a service and ensuring that any piece of content that we publish across social needs to, has to have a very specific takeaway. Um, and that's really, I think, one of the most challenging things for any social marketer to do is to continue to maintain that. So one of the things that we want to end the interview on is tell us about a holy shit moment. <laughs> My first Super Bowl when we launched um, a Super Bowl campaign called The Team That Wouldn't Be Here with Verizon. And it was a very powerful narrative in that we partnered with a coach. His name was Coach Lynn. And we partnered with a coach and we essentially assembled a team that quite literally would not be alive today if they had not been saved by a first responder because Verizon wow. has a um, a deep partnership and a deep kind of commitment to uh, first responders um, in many, many ways. And so our campaign was centered around first responders. And we interviewed, you know, 12 football players who had been saved by um, either an EMT or a firefighter in some way. And we ended up um, having the highest share of voice on Twitter throughout the Super Bowl campaign. And just again, like as a marketer and people who are in social, you talk about, oh, you, you compare things to the Super Bowl all the time. Oh, well, mm-hmm. right, right. After that campaign, it was like the Super Bowl of advertising. Well, this like quite literally was. It literally was. <laughs> and we, and we, won, we won social for the Super Bowl for Verizon. You know, when they say, when you win the Super Bowl, what are you going to do? <laughs> no. Uh, you won the Disney World? <laughs> I, I, I opened up a really great, a great IPA and just. Hell yes. And just toasted, um, but it's all, it's all good. And to be and it, to be quite honest, it's like you win the Super Bowl. Then I remember I basically pulled an all nighter because you had to pull in right. like social reporting all night. So <laughs> thank you so much for talking to us, Steph. Oh, I just called you, you Steph. I hope we're on that level now. We are on that level. We are <laughs> I can't believe I called her Steph at the end of the interview. <laughs> I think it's okay. Your Instagram friends. Yeah, that is true. Which she goes to all of our favorite places. I know. I know. Kind of makes me wish we were in the Hudson Valley right now. I know. She has a lot on her plate. Mm -hmm. Definitely. With all those like branches of Verizon and having all the different partnerships and people, you know, wanting social activations. I'm glad that she mentioned, you know, not making social media be the dumping ground for all the content. For sure. I feel like that happens so often, especially nowadays with every message needs to be on social because it's urgent and important. (laughs) Everything is urgent and important. (laughs) Um, The other thing I loved, of course, were her career risks. I know. Makes you want to do something crazy. Okay, so moving into the account we want you to follow. I'm excited to share another TikTok this week. So 
even though Michelle and I are not in the market for apartments right now, we love looking on Street Easy in our neighborhood, across New York, looking at cool places yes. that we aspire to move to. I was going to tell you last night, I have been searching for an apartment for our friend Erin, mm-hmm. and she finally signed a lease last weekend, and now I have nothing to do. I'm bored. I need a new person <laughs> to apartment shop for. So Anyway, I loved this TikTok and had to share it with you because it's branded Street Easy listings. Yeah, Street Easy NYC. So it's super cool. They're doing apartment tours, cool, unique things that are in these beautiful, stunning, like Soho lofts. And if you're familiar with TikTok, you can picture the song behind it. It's It's just so smart. I think with the rise of COVID and people touring apartments virtually, this makes such sense for them to tap into. Yeah, love it. All right, friends. Let Michelle know if you want her to shop for an apartment for you. <laughs> Have a good week. All the social ladies, all the social ladies, all the social ladies, all the social ladies. All the social ladies.